Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, Commedia della Morte. Jesse brings the case, not me, against his dad, Joseph. Not me. Sorry. (laughs) Joseph insists that his children hire a mime for his funeral when the time comes. Jesse insists that a funeral is a time for grieving, not miming. Who will win, who will lose, only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and offers the obscure cultural reference. Family hurts us. It is like a trap. It shortens our life. It bothers us psychically and socioculturally. It forces us into a limited level of consciousness. It robs us of our essential self. It inculcates ideas in us that are not our own. And at the moment when we find ourselves in the world, all of this collapses and we have to build a life from scratch. Generation after generation, each one is victim to the one before. Bailiff Jesse Thorne, swear father and son in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? Yes, I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he will have no funeral, as he will never die? I do. Yes, I do. Very well, Judge Hodgman. That's right, because mime has made me immortal. (laughs) Just like Marcel Marceau, who is... Not dead, just in a state of very quiet, suspended animation. Jesse and Joseph, you may be seated for an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors. Uh, can you name the person that I quoted as I entered the courtroom? I'll give you a hint. It's a mime. One, one, uh. of, one of the most quotable mimes <laughs> of all times. What mime uh, isn't quotable? <laughs> Joseph, Just the other day, I was preparing a commencement speech, and I said to myself, how can I open this? And I thought, ah, Marcel Marceau once indicated that he couldn't get out of a box. <laughs> to start a commencement speech with a mime quote is a little bit, you can't hear this, but I'm touching my nose right now. I'm a little bit on the nose. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Joseph, uh, you are the father of Jesse. You were dragged into this courtroom by your son against your will. Uh, to uh, uh, make funeral arrangements uh, for you um, because you're nearing death. uh, And uh, as such, you get the first chance to guess at uh, the personage and uh, mime that I was quoting as I entered the courtroom. Uh, You can guess first or you can make your son guess first, which is your choice. Um, I'll guess first. All right, then, Joseph, guess away. Um... Stanley, the Polish talking mime. Jesse, what guess do you give as to the mime, or meme, if you will, that I quoted as I entered this courtroom? Uh, the the only name that I thought might be close was Ron All Doss, guesses are wrong! Okay. I, I can, <laughs> who, who, you were going to guess Marcel Marceau, right? The, the only famous mime. We, that was no. my second guess. Oh! What was your premiere guess? Uh, Ram Das, but he's not a mime, so that can't be right. Why did? Why would you guess Ram Das? I once you said mime, I realized I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Well, so I was going to guess Saint Thomas Aquinas, but when he said mime, I thought it could still be right. But that's where I went wrong. Ram Dass, it's, it's not a bad guess because uh, Ram Das, of course, is an American spiritual teacher and sort of counter, cou- counter-cultural uh, self-help guru. And, and in, in addition to being a, a mime, uh, this, this person um, also practices a kind of a spiritual healing course of what he calls psycho-shamanism. Um, but he is best known, even though he trained as and acted uh, professionally as a mime for a number of years, he's best known as a filmmaker and comic book writer, and his name is Alejandro Hodorowski, the Chilean-born uh, filmmaker and director of El Topo Santa Sangre, and of course the most famous uh, film uh, version of Dune that was never made. Uh, Alejandro mm-hmm. Hodorowski, and he, and he uh, studied as a mime with Etienne Ducroux, uh, who uh, also taught Marcel Marceau. Marcel Marceau being 
um, as I say, perhaps the most and maybe the only truly world famous meme, um, uh, uh, famous for uh, uh, hating wind. He was walking against it all the time. <laughs> so all guesses are wrong, and we actually have to hear the case. Jesse, uh, you bring this case against your father. You would like me to prohibit him from having a mime at his own funeral. Is that correct? That's correct. All right. And um, I, I recognize what a, a strong request that is in bringing the case against him, um, you that know. it's traditional in our culture uh, for a person to um, set their own last wishes for their funeral, their wake. You're asking me to allow you to disregard your father's own dying wishes. Well, what, what I'm hoping, that's that's pretty harsh, and, and I, I think to, well, although no, accurate, not, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you, Jesse? I'm uh, 32. You are 32 years old. And J Joseph... Mm -hmm. Uh, your son is 32. How close to death are you? What is your age? Um, I am a very young 73. 73. Yes. Yeah. How did that happen? You had, you had to think about it because probably yesterday you, you were 62. Uh, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday I was 58. And when you say you're a very young 73, you obviously sound very spry. And so far you've been able to to use the impossible technology of Skype correctly. So good for you. Uh, most 32 year olds aren't able to do it. So well done. Um, when, but you say you are young, you are young, so young at heart that you would like to have a clown at your funeral. Not a clown judge. I want a mime. There's a difference. Explain the difference to me and uh, the listeners in this fake courtroom. Well, everyone is afraid of clowns and everyone hates a mime. Um, the thing is that um, I have a vision of clowns on unicycles. You don't want to terrify your mourners. You want to unite them against a common enemy. Uh, <laughs> yes, I want to distract them. All right. I want to distract them. Um, I, I went to a, um, a memorial service for a, a teacher friend of mine. Um, uh, and at his uh, service... Uh, there was a woman who was signing for his deaf son, and I was so distracted watching her because I didn't understand her that I wasn't able to even listen to what the rabbi was saying. And I thought, what a great, great idea. What a great distraction. If I could have a mime at my wake, I could just imagine what it would be like when that mime shows up with my family, 25 Italians all talking and screaming at the same time, it would be a great distraction. That's what they, it's a terrible stereotype, but it's true. Italians talk scream with their hands. <laughs> that's, yes, that's true. It's more than just their hands, Judge. Yeah. Uh, so let me back up here for a second. So you, you mentioned that your, your friend who passed away was a teacher. You're a teacher as well, or do you? I, I was. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I retired. I, I taught junior. One of the reasons I'm young is I taught junior high school English for 23 years and high school English for another 10. So uh, there's a little bit of that immaturity. Uh, that's what some people say. This is what uh, teaching middle school kept you young? Yes, it does keep you young. Uh, I still enjoy bathroom humor, um, you know, farty noises and stuff like you that. You don't have to explain bathroom humor to me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I just assumed it was jokes about faucets. <laughs> faucets and drains. <laughs> right. Yeah, tile, tile work. Gr a little grout joke here and there. Uh, okay, and where did you, where did you teach uh, junior high school? I taught in um, Hicksville Junior High School on Long Island, mm -hmm. uh, and then my, I ended my 33-year career at the high school in Hicksville. And so, uh, Jesse, do you, do you live in New York State somewhere as well? No, I, I live in Boston. In Boston. Uh, I live in, in Jamaica Plain, and I, I teach in Brookline, actually, Judge. You do? At a public I school do. in Brookline, my hometown, I, or in a private I, school? teach at Michael Driscoll Elementary School. Ah, uh, Driscoll School. 
Okay, so now uh, I've established where you all are in the world. Uh, Joseph, You uh, let's go back to Hicksville for a moment. You, I'm very sorry that your friend passed away. You were distracted by the sight of a, a sign language interpreter who was at the funeral, and you thought, uh, I would like a distraction. Now, you could have had any kind of distraction. Another sign language interpreter for your funeral? Perhaps there'd be some reason for that. Maybe someone just doing semaphore. Uh, or, or or making uh, sound effects a la Prairie Home Companion, but you chose a mime. Uh, why a mime? Well, the if you're a good parent and your children love you, the last thing you do to them is make them cry. So I thought, I certainly want my children to cry, but after they cry, I want them to laugh. So what a surprise it would be to have in the midst of all of this crying, because I assume there are going to be a lot of people there who are going to miss me and who are going to cry, to have a mime appear, unexplained, unintroduced, just appearing in his white mime makeup with a little tear painted on, under his eye and a striped shirt and just come in and do mimey things, eavesdrop on conversations, be trapped in a sure. box as I will be trapped in a box yeah, it's, and a so forth. it's a metaphor for you, uh, your, in a, your, your inability to escape death. Um, okay. All right. I'll, I was an English teacher. I'll grant that. Uh, <laughs> unlike the, the one time I took a, a, a Shakespeare course uh, with the, with the great, uh, the great Shakespeare uh, scholar and literary critic, Harold Bloom at Yale university as uh, and I only took one semester of it, and I only said one comment. It was some b- totally banal interpretation of uh, uh, Macbeth or something. And Harold, where every other teacher in the world would say, all right, that's an interesting idea. Let's explore this a little further. Harold Bloom said, oh, no, my dear, you're wrong. <laughs> that interpretation is incorrect. <laughs> And moved on to a smarter student. But thank you for, <laughs> thank you for, uh, thank you for uh, yesing me along. Unlike the cr- the cruel Harold Bloom, um, with my uh, with my uh, use of meme as metaphor for death. Because the thing about mime is th- that un- unlike a-, a clown or a stand up comedian or frankly semaphore, uh, they're not designed to be hilarious. They're designed to be. Uh, provocative of contemplation and and uh, weirdness and silence. You know what I mean? Yes. Does that play into your thinking, or you just wanted something weird to happen? I just wanted something weird to happen. Yeah. I don't think you thought that it sounds through. Sounds about right. I, well, <laughs> uh, I I uh, I don't know. I don't know whether you thought this all the way through then, because a good a good meme has never made anyone laugh, and arguably neither has a bad meme. Uh, and by and meme, by the way, for you listening along at home, I'm not obviously talking about M E M E from the internet. I'm talking about the French pronunciation of mime, which is meme. It's one of my many dumb affectations. Jesse, you've heard why your father wants to. Um, I guess his intention is to make you laugh in your sorrow and also uh, surprise and confuse and disorient the relatives who weren't privy to this mime plan from the beginning as you would be? Why do you oppose this scheme? Well, I, I think, you know, my father said that he wanted there to be a distraction at his, uh, at the service. And, um, I, I certainly understand the, why a distraction is welcome when a loved one has died. Um, but I think to to have a mime at the service that entire time would um, make it very difficult for for people in the room to to take the to take his death seriously and to to use that space and that time, uh, which is what we set aside in our in our society when someone dies. That that is the appropriate time to be to be sad, to allow oneself to fully feel the death of a loved one and um, the, the, the awfulness of mortality and to be with family and loved ones and to have support and to go through that, that awful feeling. And I, I, think, I think to have a mime there would, would make a joke of life. Is it typical, mortality? Is it before you go? That's very thoughtful. Is it typical of your 
father to make a joke of life? Everything that comes out of my father's mouth is a joke. Uh, and, um, would you like that to not be the case? It's, it's been, it's been a, a, a point of, of some conflict between him and, um, his children. And, and I think between him and, and uh, his excuse life. me, your honor, excuse me. Is this an objection? Yes, it is. Um, that's hearsay. Um, Jesse can speak for Jesse, but he can't speak for the other three. When I've heard from the other three that um, they they also have said that you sometimes don't take things seriously when they wish you would. I mean, well, you, wait you a minute. They, this, this they is, said, wait a minute, Jesse. They said this. They've they've expressed this and as you well. You heard it. Yes. Yeah, that's, and, your, and that's Dad, hearsay. You, you, sustained. Sustained. Objection is sustained, Jesse. You can only speak for yourself. But, thank you, but, thank you, Judge. But Tell, Dad, you you can't come. You can't pretend that this isn't a part of your personality, a a sort of a, a constant for you. What would you wait before you accuse your father of anything? I want you to be very clear what mm. you're accusing him of, which is to say what what aspect of his personality are you trying to identify here? I think he has a, a tendency to um to jump to a joke uh, either when, when being defensive or if the situation is awkward or if, you know, whatever it may be when, when a joke is easy and maybe diffuses the situation or, or shifts attention away or something. Um, but where, you know, a, a more thoughtful, more constructive approach would, would not to, to would not be to make light of something. I, I think that there are just some things that, that are more appropriate to take seriously. You know, my, my, my father, I, I don't think he, he's quite thought this through. In ter- like you said, Judge, that he's, he's making a joke. There wasn't a deeper metaphor here, despite him being a, a, an English teacher. It was, it's a joke. And well, wait I a think- minute. Wait a minute. Are you, say, are you saying that he's not sincere in wanting to have a mime there? I think he's excited about the unexpected nature of it. And and I t- completely appreciate the humor. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm being very. I find that I find serious. that hard to believe. Yeah, you sound like you're really yucking it up. <laughs> you're you're, <laughs> you're out of control. I, what, I what by the by the way, what is what what do you what do you teach up there in 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 Boston? Good old Yankee humorlessness. <laughs> by the way, Jesse, I'm sure you do have a sense of humor. I, I'm sure you do appreciate the humor. But let me get some more details here from Joseph now. Where in the course of the ceremony, first of all, what 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 kind of funeral service do you anticipate having? A, a religious uh, service, a, a graveside service, non-religious. What what do you anticipate? Well, um, I will be cremated. However, it's traditional to have a wake. It used to be a three-day wake. I'd settle for one day. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesse, I love you dearly, Jesse. Uh, Jesse is very serious, but he also has my sense of humor, which is very interesting. Um, he said that I'm making a joke about life. I'm really making a joke about death. Um, being dead sucks. I'm not looking forward to it. Objection, I just, Your Honor, hearsay. Yeah. <laughs> Overruled. Uh, thank you, Look, Judge. You don't. You don't. I'm. I'm already allowing a million objections in my own mind because I asked jo- Joseph a specific question and he's starting to go off on how death sucks, and I'll <laughs> let him because out of de- out of deference for fatherly wisdom, age, and uh, and courtesy to the those who are closer to death than I. Please go on, sir. You were saying death being dead sucks. Well, Jesse envisions this as being an ongoing thing with a mime um, appearing for two days, three days, hanging out with the family and stuff. I'm thinking more along the lines of everyone is there, they all talk, and in, out of nowhere, comes this mime and just passes through the crowd, Um, you know, and just sheds tears and is trapped in a box and walks against the wind and pulls the rope and then... Breezes through the crowd again and disappears. How long do you anticipate the mime act in the in the course of the day, a day long Uh-oh. a day long observation of mourning? You there will be 
you're going to be cremated, but will your urn be in the room? Oh, this will be this will be before I'm cremated. I want to be there to see this. Oh, I see. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's an option. Can I just clarify? Can I just clarify a couple a couple of things? Uh, aside from your obvious insanity, um, uh, it, it, when when you're talking about a three a three day wake, is it, oh no 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 that was traditional. I'm talking about a one. In what, day in what tradition are we talking here? Uh, in my old Italian family background tradition, it was you know usually it was a two day, sometimes three day. It's been scaled down. Give me a ti- give me a timeline. First of all, you pass away painlessly in your sleep, dreaming of an intimate encounter with a loved one. Uh, right. Okay. I had a better scenario, but I'll take that. Oh, what's your, what's your ideal scenario? Uh, with a, um, a, a young uh, loved one mm-hmm. is what I was thinking. Let's settle for the uh, dream. Let's settle for the uh, dream. <laughs> and, 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 um, and then, you know, usually the viewing is from uh, two o'clock from, from two to two, four and then from seven until nine and let's say in not in the in the um uh the matinee performance but in the evening performance the seven to nine the mime would appear i would say the whole thing would probably take 15 minutes 20 minutes and be gone and then 10 years later people would say remember that wake we went to i don't remember who it was but it was a mime. It was a mime at that wake. And this is what I want to leave people with. They probably wouldn't remember who's... who's. <laughs> right, it, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. But they would remember the mime. Uh-huh. They would remember the court case afterwards when the whoever the mime sued for punching him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... I think Jesse raises a, a good point. How important is it to you? I mean, obviously, if I, if I grant your motion and allow the mime, uh, Jesse will know, correct. Uh, but you would like uh, to keep it a secret from as many of the other people there as possible. How how important is that to you? Well, well, I've already kind of spread the word around to several of the people. One of my nephews who might uh, just haul off and hit a mime. I I already pre prepared him for the possibility of a mime showing up uh, to diffuse any any possible uh, you know, violence. And what was your violent nephew's reaction to that? Did he punch you? Um, no, he laughed. They all, anyone who knows me right. says, we wouldn't think you would have it any other way than to have a mime at your wake. Objection hearsay. I don't know if these people said that. <laughs> okay. Do you have any uh, affidavits to present? I, no, I have no. I have no affidavits. Jesse, fifteen minutes of mime in a two-hour viewing period is not acceptable. That's that is less than I thought it was going to be. To, to be honest with you, Judge, until a few months ago, I was really hoping and and thought that this was just a long time a long time joke that my father was telling, because mm-hmm. um, he's been saying this to. His, the family for years. Um, and, and it wasn't until I called my older sister and said, say, so how about this mime? Is this, is this for real? Uh, and she said, yes. And, and she has documents from my father, you know, re- requesting, you know, with the directions that, to hire a mime after his death. And he has provided a, a CD with a soundtrack and everything. And, Wait, and so whoa, this, whoa, this whoa, is, whoa, 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 what soundtrack? <laughs> I, I put together a last list, which was uh, music that I wanted played, and um, on it is um, Warren Zebon's uh, Lawyers, Guns, and Money, mm-hmm. uh, Desperado, mm-hmm. yes. um, Who Knows Where the Time Goes. We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. Uh, that, that's good. Uh, by the way, Billy Joel is a graduate of Hicksville High, high School. Yes. Why do you think I made that joke? I don't know. Uh, okay. I just made. I just. I just. I didn't know that. That's good to know. Good to know. Um, yeah. So I, I, I've carefully gone through this. I again, it's a mixture of uh, sad and and funny songs, and I thought it would um, it would be in keeping with my personality. As I said, I still have a junior high school mentality. Okay, Joseph the Ham, what else you got going on at your funerary hoedown? Fake snakes in, in mixed nuts cans? 
No, no. That <laughs> no, it's a mine. It's a mine. I'm, I'm not. I'm are, not all, are all the drinks going to be served with fake ice cubes with plastic flies no, in them? How many Italian funerals have you been to? <laughs> uh, two, but not. I don't think as involved as yours. Well, well, see, it's a wake, actually. The funeral is a whole other thing. Right, right. But, uh, but it would be, you know, just a gathering of... Well, I'm sorry. Are you, in, are you, are you accusing me of, of not taking the, your funeral seriously? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the point. I, I don't want the funeral taken seriously. I, I would like to be taken seriously. But, but Dad, first of all, Nobody takes you seriously. So that's, that, just, that's just not an option. That's not going to happen. Mime or no mime. Well, I take that as a compliment. That's, that's my intention. My intention, you said I, I always go for the joke. I, like, I want to leave you laughing. Uh, it, you know, if you, you cry, and I know you, Jess. I know you're so much like me. You're very sensitive. And despite this whole thing, there is a deep sensitivity to me. We are very much alike. But after that passing, and I'm not looking forward to this, you know, I'm really not looking forward to this. But after that passing, at some point, you know, when you're 50 years old, 60 years old, and you think back and you say, you know, my father was really crazy, but I loved him. He made me laugh. What more can I hope for? I, I think, I, I, I guess I feel like if there was not a mind there, there would still be opportunities to find humor in to acknowledge the absurdity of mortality um, and to find humor in life and in death. And I think what would those opportunities be? Pitch them to your to your dad in in um, speeches that people make at the wake. I, I can't imagine delivering a straight speech at his wake. That's that wouldn't make sense. I've thought, already written what I want you to say. Well, hold on, let me let me finish my thought before I forget it. But I, I think having having a mime there changes the tone of the entire event, and in a way that whether or not it's your intention, I think may make people feel as though it's not okay to be sad. That the expectation is to be laughing and, and jovial when I think it should be a safe space where people can be sad, where people shouldn't feel social pressure to have to laugh and smile. I take your meaning that you, you want people to feel comfortable in whatever feeling they're having and that, and that the mime would be a, 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 an, an un, unpleasant distraction, a confusing distraction rather than a pleasant distraction. Joseph, let me ask you a question here. You keep saying that you want to leave people laughing, you want to leave people laughing, you want to leave people laughing. And I think that there's a lot of merit to that. But is the joke here, like, look at this goof. He got a mime, the worst thing, right? Or, or is it that you actually have a love for the art of mime? Do you have a relationship with the art of mime that is meaningful to you? Well, I wouldn't say it's a love with the relationship with the art of mime. I just think it's... A mime is so contrary to the event, mm -hmm. the funeral, the wake, that you have to see the absurdity, the humor, the, my God, what, what is it with it? What, he had a mime at the wake. When people talk about it, and I hope they will, they'll say, wow, that was really unique. I have a friend who, who plans to give out uh, little keepsake um, keychains with his ashes in them. Mm. Um, I thought, what a great idea that is. Uh, um, my ex wants her ashes to be compressed into jewelry that our daughter and son will wear. That's, I mean, that's her plan. I don't think a mime is... It's that far, far out of the ballpark here. Are you trying to keep up with the Joneses? Oh, no, no, no. My friend's putting all. his ashes in, in, in some <laughs> snow globes and giving them away. Why can't I have a mime? A mime My is gonna... friend is getting his ashes put into an above-ground pool, but I'm getting mine put into an in-ground pool. <laughs> uh, uh, now, now, I've done some research on this. Uh, I've looked up mimes, and they are listed. 
I know. I yeah. No, all of this is is uh, is invisible wind against which you are walking at this moment. This is smoke screen. None of that matters. I know that you guys can probably scrape together enough money to hire a decent mime. I know that there are mimes out there, and I know that they're listed. We got. I'm trying to get to the to the crux of why you want this mime, and 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 whether it is worth the offense to your own son. Because the thing is, you want to leave him laughing, but your son is saying to you, it's not going to make me laugh. It's going to make me upset. Well, he's going to be upset. I know he's going to be upset. He, Jesse's a very sensitive person, and I know that. But I think after he's upset and after he's cried and after he has worked through that, I think he will appreciate the, the humor and because he does have that sense of humor that's my sense of humor in him um you said that you know what you want jesse to read at your funeral oh no i was joking oh okay but <laughs> i was i said i said i had already written what i wanted him to say no that was but a that's joke. not that's not true but you are no, a writer and and you have been you have been planning this for some time and some evidence was submitted to me first of all of a photoshop of I guess uh, you or some person representing you in a casket with a big white beard and a giant beer belly, uh, and standing next to you in, in is a, a, a traditional mime in a striped shirt, sort of doing jazz hands in front of your face. And that's your. That's your, we're going to put this on the website. Obviously, please go to maximumfun.org, <laughs> check it out, and you can see Joseph's vision. You made this this Photoshop collage yourself, sir. Is that correct? Actually, the the uh, my face in the beard that was part of a Christmas card. Uh-huh. And what I did was I took that top part with my face in there, and I put it in the in the coffin, and then I took the mime. Uh, from um, an ad, I don't remember what it was. And oh, I, the can tell you, was, I can tell you exactly what it was. It was for State Farm Insurance because there are yes, a couple yes. of because there are a couple yes. of there are a couple of awnings in the background of this photo. I just noticed have the State Farm logo and hmm. name on there. You're secretly no, no. an agent for State Farm. Don't <laughs> no. deny it, sir. Do do the jingle like a good neighbor. State Farm is mime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, well, you can, people can go look at that crypto advertisement on the website. But also provided to me was a poem that you wrote, Joseph, about this very subject. Do you have this poem in front of you? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. I, uh, I have it up, Judge. Would you read it for me, please, Jesse? In the world without me, the sun still rises and shines. The moon paces through its phases, shows up sometime, confused in the daytime, but mostly at night. The stars remain obscured by New York City light. My adult children wake and sleep and work and maybe feel me there and gone and cry or laugh or both. My friends who haven't left the world before me might remember that wake of mine with a mime, that wake with a mime, unexplained, walking against the wind, trapped in a box, engaged in a tug of war, listening to conversations. If my adult children followed my last wishes and didn't just yes me to death and after decide what's best, my adult children embarrassed sometimes, who made excuses for me frequently, indulged me often, accepted me flawed mostly, and gave me my silly life meaning always. Do you remember writing that, sir? I do. That's a very good poem. If you... <laughs> this is my father. I'm, I'm in tears. I'm in tears here. Wow. This is copyright 2013, Joseph E. Scalia from Poetry in Alphabetical Order, published by State Farm Insurance Press. <laughs> Available as an ebook. But most importantly, as I say, copyright 2013. It is, it is, as we record this, it is the very beginning of 2016. This has been on your mind for some time. It is established via documents. Uh, and I think I've heard everything that I need to hear. Uh, I'm now going to moonwalk uh, back into my chambers and silently peruse the evidence. And I'll be back in a moment with my decision. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Jesse, how do you feel about your chances in the case here? Uh, I I know I'm making an extraordinary request to uh, deny a person their their last wishes. Um, I, I 
feel like my my case is um, meaningful to to me, and I, I feel like I have presented my my honest feelings, and I also feel that my father uh, rather speaks for himself. Joseph, how are you feeling? Um, and follow up question. Is it weird that I was really enjoying that lovely poem until I felt like it took a turn for the spiteful and made me wonder if this entire thing wasn't just an opportunity for you to be preemptively resentful of your own children? I I don't know how you can even feel that. I I was moved by it. It was it was a and I remember my state of mind when I when I wrote it. It was expressing to my children that with everything else that I've had in life, it's they are the ones that gave my life meaning and do give my life meaning. And and then, of course, the, the mime, if the mime was there. I don't even know that the mime will be there. But um, no, I, I, I was not... Um, I was not throwing uh, sand in their faces. We'll see if that has any bearing on the case when we come back in just a moment. Hello, I'm your Judge John Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you, our members, of course. Thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org, and they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step-by-step, day-by-day, bird-by-bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up, seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. 
When I first heard the subject of this case, I, I think listeners of to this podcast and, and viewers in the galleries of this fake court can easily guess. And my first instinct was, yeah, of course, there's going to be a mime at this funeral. <laughs> it's someone's dying wish. And also, it's cool <laughs> because uh, mime is a very unusual form of clowning. It is the least funny form of clowning. It is the most contemplative and and often saddest form. When, and you, it may not surprise you to learn that uh, that I saw Marcel Marceau perform uh, in Boston. Uh, I can't remember which theater it was. I was 13 or 14 years old. Tim McGonigal and I went on one of our affected, pretentious young dude dates to go see Marcel Marceau. And it was, uh, you know, although mime itself, particularly as practiced by Marceau, is something of a stereotype now. There's no question that this man had incredible physical precision and control over every aspect of his body and a deep emotional component to what he was doing that was very rarely funny and very often moving. And Marceau himself said, I've designed my style pantomimes as white ink drawings on black backgrounds so that man's destiny appears as a thread lost in an endless labyrinth. I've tried to shed some gleams of light on the shadow of man startled by his anguish. And so it, there, there was something very uh, apropos, unexpectedly, uh, 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 as um, uh, your father, Jesse, comes to terms with his own surprise and startled anguish at appreciating that he's not 53, as he thought he was at the beginning of this podcast, but is now 72 and soon older. And when that happens, you start trying to take, you, 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 you have, it's a profound um, emotional uh, experience to start trying to take ownership of of one's passing, and uh, and so in many ways uh, having a mime seemed very appropriate. And this is before I even knew from the internet this morning that in ancient Roman times mimes were a very common part of uh, aristocratic uh, and Roman funerals, where uh, part of the um, process of mourning the dead, aside from hiring professional mourners, which I really hope you're going to do. I hope you're going to hire a bunch of women to wail and throw dust in everybody's eyes. Um, was to have uh, a, a silent, uh, essentially mime. It's an anachronism to say that it was actually a mime because the term wasn't invented till much later. But to have a, a silent performer wearing a mask of the deceased. Um, enact uh, uh, memorable moments of that person's life in mime form, in silent mime form. There is something very much uh, of death in the art form of mime. And so uh, as I thought about it more, my conviction uh, deepened that this absolutely should be uh, part of a funeral ceremony. But then... Uh, I heard you, Joseph, and I started to think twice. <laughs> <I'm back. laughs> uh oh! <laughs> I started to think. Tw- I started to think twice. The moment that, you- and I know you were joking, but jokes, I trust you agree, are designed to reveal deeper truths. And I said, "You're gonna, you know, an ideal death would be to pass." painlessly in one's sleep, dreaming of an intimate encounter with a loved one. And you said, no, that's not how I want to go. I want to go awake while having an intimate encounter with a young person. <laughs> and I know you were joking, but I th- it really crystallized and becruxed something to me, a term I just made up, with regard to this whole issue. Because quite honestly, if you had your wish and you died while having an intimate encounter with a beautiful young person, that would be fun for you, but horribly traumatic for the other person. And as you prepare for your memorial service and defining how you want to be remembered, of course, it is absolutely your decision. So as you 
consider your own death and prepare for how you are going to be remembered. It is totally appropriate to be selfish. You know, it's perhaps the, the last expression of self that you have to offer the world. And yet one does not have a right to traumatize the folks that are left behind. You don't have a right to traumatize them. I know that wasn't your conscious intention and is not your conscious intention. You dropped some clues, nevertheless, that raised red flags for me. One of them was the idea that the mime was going to surprise everyone. Um, and that it was going, the, the mime, presumably a, a male mime in your imaginings, was going to walk through and take everyone by surprise and really give everybody, throw everyone for a loop. And while a funny prank is a funny prank, uh, I think you can hear in Jesse's voice the anxiety that maybe this isn't the best time to throw people for a loop because they're incredibly emotionally vulnerable. And I heard a, a emotional vulnerability in Jesse's voice and it's not even your funeral yet. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a hard time. It's a hard bunch of emotions to process. And if you, if you throw a mime in there as a prank, um, then you're not necessarily, uh, whatever your intention is, you're not necessarily sharing a joke with people that will leave everyone laughing there. I think a strong possibility that some people feel that you're playing a joke on them from the grave. Uh, and similarly, uh, backing up this fear that I have about your motives, conscious or unconscious, is the fact that you consider the mime to be a punchline. In other words, you're thinking of a stereotypical mime, um, that's just so out of nowhere and such a non sequitur th that it's a, just a great big grand goof. And when I consider that your intention is to just have a big grand surprise goof, you're right. It'll leave people talking, but it may leave some people crying <laughs> and going, why did you do this to us? Why did you surprise us with this mime? In this regard, it seems somewhat disrespectful in the same way that that dying in the bed of another person might leave you happy, but the other person traumatized. The plan, at least in its current state of proposed execution, bad, bad choice of words, I suppose, but the, as it's currently planned out, has a high potential for leaving your guests feel disrespected and n not least disrespectful to the art of mime itself, because I know more about mime as an art form, having done two hours worth of Wikipedia looking up today than it seems you have engaged with. You didn't quote Marcel Marceau to me. You'd come out talking Marcel Marceau going, I have spent more than half a lifetime trying to express the tragic moment. America, <laughs> the world's most quotable mime, Marcel Marceau. Then I, I would have found in your favor immediately. It's like you have thought this through. And what it comes down to is the, the, the ambiguity that I think Jesse senses of your intentions. Is your intention here to create a, um, a provocative, lovely, irreverent play and upheaval of the reverence of the funeral service? Or is it just to have a big laugh at everyone's expenses? Now I know that consciously you are going to say, no, I don't want to, I don't want to make fun of my, my grieving loved ones. That's not my point. But I do think that you haven't thought through um, your, uh, your feelings about this or your intentions completely because Jesse's already upset by it. It hasn't even happened yet. And so one thing about being a, an artist of any kind is that you have to follow your vision, right? But you also have to learn to take notes sometimes difficult notes, sometimes people saying, yeah, this doesn't have the effect that you want it to have. And the truth is that you even have to take notes after you're dead. The note that your son is giving you is, I don't think this is quite 
Right. And I think you need to take that note. I'm giving you that note too. All of that said, you wrote a poem about wanting to have a mime at your funeral several years ago. You really want this mime. The fact <laughs> is that you can do whatever you want, whether no matter what I say, no matter what Jesse says, you get an attorney, you write a will, and that mime will be there. But, and I'm not going to stand in the way of a dying man, and I call you that because we're all dying men and women, last wishes. But I am going to say to you this. It is the order of this court. And I encourage you to take this with all the gravity of a fake court on the internet has. That you, A, investigate your mime carefully. B, commission a work of art from a mime that is meaningful and will be meaningful to those in attendance. That is to say, don't just get a cliched mime for the sake of the mime. Imagine how that mime would feel. You're making a joke of that mime. If you want a mime at your funeral, you go out there and you start seeing some mime in action, or at least go on YouTube. Make, cultivate a relationship with the mime that seems most attuned to your creative uh, uh, process and commission him or her to create a, a short work to perform at your funeral. And that work can be funny and that work can be sad uh, if and or both. And make your intention known to everyone who may attend so they're not getting surprised with a mime but in fact see and understand the mime in the context of a large and final expression of self with which you wish to leave them so i am finding in favor of the defendant joseph but i am giving you strict orders to take this joke seriously and consider your audience thoughtfully or don't make the joke at all. This is the sound of a gavel. Get it? It was silent. There was no sound. <laughs> <laughs> Judge John Hodgman rules. That is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Joseph, how do you feel about the ruling? Well, it, it gives me a lot to think about. I certainly have a lot to talk about. Uh, to my kids and to Jesse, mm -hmm. uh, especially. Um, and uh, I will definitely take what uh, the judge said into consideration and maybe rethink this and maybe retweak it a little bit. You understand that the judge's ruling is binding, right? Yes, I do. Thank you. Jesse, how are you feeling? I, I felt conflicted asking the judge to... to prevent my father from, from doing this. And, and I think he was wise not to uh, force my father to change his, his last wishes, but to, to order him to, to seriously consider the impact that they will have on uh, the people who will be there. Are you a fun guy? Me? Yeah. No, I'm a human being. Oh, damn. This is your answer. I had to come out of chambers for that one. You know what? You can't see this, but I am miming a huge slow clap for you, Jesse. That was intense. I liked that a lot. Jesse is very intense. And in fact, we always talk about when the family gets together, being a Jesse or doing a Jesse. And we say that with love and with respect. Mm -hmm. uh, and, so, and sometimes with our tongue firmly planted in our cheek. But uh -huh. this, is, this is the, the, you know, I heard a lot of we weasel words from both of you around this. I'm not, I am not suggesting that you think about taking the joke more seriously. I'm ordering you to take the joke as seriously as it deserves. Do you understand what I'm saying? Those are my orders. Yes. Not just yes. think about it. And Jesse, you should get yes, out. Sir. You should. 
a, a, a gentleman who is a real human being like you probably would appreciate some serious heavy duty mime. You can, you can see if there's some mime out there. I'm not ordering you, but I'm suggesting you can help your dad steer him in the direction of some, of some really hot mimes. I bet there's some good ones out there. It was very interesting to hear the role they played in, in Roman funerals. Yeah. You get someone doing that. Oh boy. That's going to be heavy. And it's a great joke. Jokes you take seriously are much funnier than jokes that you don't take seriously. Mm. Well, uh, Jesse, Joseph, thank you for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. This was thank you terrific. Very much. Thank you. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Judge Hodgman, Judge Hodgman, you're going to, Judge Hodgman, you're going to have to talk. This is an audio program. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Now, just going mm -mm, mm -mm, is as much of a violation of the mimes code as talking is. At this point, you busted, you know, you're, you're out, you're done. Meow. No, there's no such, there's no such thing as a mime who just makes cat sounds, Judge Hodgman. I'm trying. I'm trying to pioneer new pathways in meme. This is a disaster. Uh, well, look. How about thanks to Axel Kegler for naming this week's case? I'll allow it. Um, thanks, Axel. You should follow us on social media if you want to name a future case at Hodgman and at Jesse Thorne on Twitter, uh, just like Judge John Hodgman on Facebook. And uh, join us on the Reddit at MaximumFun.Reddit.com, the world's friendliest Reddit sub subreddit community. Maybe the world's only friendly subreddit. There's probably a few others. I have to thank uh, our editor, Mark McConville, not only for doing a top-notch job editing this every each and every week, but also for sending me, out of the blue, a holiday book, a old 1991 uh, wives cookbook from the Hartford Whalers hockey team. <laughs> I saw that on your Tumblr. That was amazing. I just can't stop th thanking Mark for that. This is, you know, lots of lots of times uh, local sports teams their 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 wives. It's a very sexist thing, but this is a, another age would get together and contribute their recipes for beans and franks, typically, and then they would put the Hartford Whalers or whatever other logo on it. But of course, Hartford Whalers logo is the best logo, and then they would sell it for charity and Mark found one of these old things and I just can't I can't the the uh, the portraits I mean they, they send in pictures of their families and the, oh, all the mustaches and hockey haircuts I love it so much thank you very much Mark also thanks to our producer Julia Smith thank you Julia for everything you do uh, as we begin this new year thank you for everything you've done in all these past years and uh, thank you to everyone who came out to see us at Sketchfest in San Francisco. What a fun time we had and what a great job we did. <laughs> of course, I'm recording this before it happened, so I hope that that's true. I mean, it seems like a safe assumption. We had a great time and we did a great job. That's right. I'm sure that that's exactly what happened. It makes a pile you. of sense. Thank you, Julia Smith, for being our producer as always. Who else do we have to thank, Jesse? Anyone? Mm -hmm. No one, right? No, I think we already thanked Mark <laughs> McConville. 
And, uh, you know, we're pretty well set. Oh, you know who I want to thank, Judge Hodgman? No, who? Uh, so a few weeks ago uh, on the show, I mentioned that uh, my menswear blog, Put This On, had started a store. Yeah. At putthisonshop.com. And yeah. uh, I gave out a code, which was Bat Brothers. Bat Brothers. For free shipping. And actually kind of a lot of people bought things from the shop using that code. And I got a lot of really nice emails from people about uh, the nice things in the shop. So thank you to those people. And that code remains active. You can go to putthisonshop.com and fulfill all of your scarf, vintage accessory and notion, uh, pocket square, and uh, baseball cap needs. Well, that's fantastic because all the gifts I got from my dad for Christmas and his birthday, which just happened, uh, either didn't fit him or he already had him. So I got to get some more gifts for him. Well, so good news for you, sir. What's that code again for free shipping? Bat Brothers. And what's the website? Putthisonshop.com. And what is the name of this podcast? The Judge John Hodgman Podcast. And how do we feel about uh, our listeners? We love them. We love them. Thank you. Pretty good was what I was going to say, but I, we love them is better. <laughs> We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.